I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Bank headlines for Wednesday. Steelers-Ravens Thanksgiving postponed till Sunday. This will be a big advantage for Baltimore. Pittsburgh players upset. We'll break it down. Nick Saban positive COVID-19, but surprisingly, no effect on the spread. Currently, Alabama favored by 25 over Auburn. College basketball tips off today. National championship odds. Yes, the favorite alone, Gonzaga, 9-1. Followed by Villanova, Baylor, Virginia. Coming up after that, number five is Kentucky. Gonzaga over Kentucky. Imagine that. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a Wednesday. A big Wednesday, though, coming into the big holiday weekend. We're live on 225 FSR stations. Also live in Las Vegas. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Now, we're going to make this one a kind of a pick-palooza, but not even try to cover every game because it's going to be hard to cover every game. We're going to try to say... RJ, what are your favorite trends, factors, all that? We're going to focus on the best of the best. You know, one of the nice things about having a show that covers, because we're off on Thursday and Friday, there'll be a great show, you know, great broadcast here, same time, always on FSR. But one of the nice things about having five days or so of games is we get to only give you the very best stuff. Thinking of the best, he's... The best, I'd say, fan? I think that's fair to say he's my favorite in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have the eve of Thanksgiving football and we've got a head coach who will not be on the sidelines this coming Saturday. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Well, it's a Thanksgiving football that will not be that Baltimore Steelers postponement, I think it's a big deal. Yeah, it was a rematch in the making set for tomorrow night between the Ravens and the Steelers, but it has been postponed until Sunday at 1.15 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. This, of course, because of the positive COVID test that the Ravens had. And last check, as it stands right now, seven players are on the COVID reserve list for Baltimore, thus the game being pushed back to Sunday. Full disclosure, I'm a Steelers fan, but I'm going to make the following case. I'm going to make the case that this is the NFL is seemingly playing favorites here. So, Jonas, I'm going to play devil's advocate to some degree and ask you a few questions and you just give me your thoughts. Has there ever been a team in the near past or let's say this season that's had seven positive tests that played the game the day it was supposed to be played? I don't believe so. So you're saying seven has caused a postponement every time? I, I Yeah, I, I would have to go back. And the COVID, there's been so many teams that have had COVID tests. Yeah. So I don't know about that many. It just felt like to me, if I'm remembering right, I'm thinking back to the Raiders game against Tampa Bay. 
And it felt like there was 10 at that point. Yeah, there was a lot with the Raiders. I don't know the specific number, but that was also a game that was rumored to maybe be moved back a day. And they but it wasn't. Up, yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah. So Tom Brady, he, he got to play the depleted team. <laughs> but somehow the Steelers, who, you know, being one of the great franchises, they always feel like that, you know, and I'm not sure, is this just them feeling persecuted unfairly? Or is there some merit to this? But to me, I look at the Steelers and think they were very upset when Tennessee in that game was handled the way it was. It was, you know, they felt like their bye week was taken away. Now, and let's, why does this matter? You might say Sunday, Thursday, what's the difference? Well, one is having the home field advantage on a short week is significant. We talk all the time about the effect of, Thursday night home teams that when you have to do a whole week of prep on a couple less days that that travel time makes a big difference. Pittsburgh goes from having that rare and remember Steelers have played on Thursday at Baltimore before on Thanksgiving. So it's not like, oh, it's it only goes one way. But when it's the Steelers chance to have that home game on a short week, somehow where it feels like there's some discretion, it goes against Pittsburgh after Tennessee in that situation, went against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh's mind. And Jonas, I'm, I'm guessing you saw it. The Steeler players were really, uh, I'd say, irritated, mad, yeah. and, and lashing out on social media. Yeah, they were very bothered by it because the way they look at it is they were forced to take their bye week yep. in week four. So they had to move their bye week up. And we've talked about it before. There's a sweet spot for the bye week. You don't want it too early and you don't want it too late. Well, they were forced to take theirs way too early. And then uh, other games games got moved around. Baltimore got moved up a week. I think Tennessee was moved back. So they had to basically cater to what Tennessee was dealing with, and it threw them off. So what's bothersome to them now is they looked at this as an opportunity for a mini bye week to where they were going to get to play on Thursday at home, and they were going to have a week and a half off, and you could tell that was something they were looking forward to because their bye week had come so early. Now they don't get that, and now they're just going to have to run the table to the postseason, and if they don't get that first round by in the playoffs they're going to be playing continuously for i think 14 weeks once they hit the wild card weekend you make a great point we're straight out of vegas which is not only does not having now listen if this was a road game for pittsburgh i think if anything this is an advantage just like it's an advantage for baltimore the fact that it was going to be home on a short week advantage home team and there was the residual advantage that would have been there of having 10 days off for the next game. Yeah. So advantage this game, advantage next game. Both of those are wiped away. And to me, against your rival, there's additional factors to consider. But you might say, oh, I don't know. There's some subjectivity here. Is this really valid? And my point would be this. I'm going to make a prediction and we'll see objectively if it's true. This line was up for Thursday for quite a while, the line was minus four. So Pittsburgh at home favored by four. Pittsburgh's at home on Sunday. That line has not come back up yet. But when it does, I'm going to make this prediction. Check it out. You can go to pregame.com, see the free lines on Sunday. This line will be less than four. Wow. That, that, that To whatever degree, I'm thinking it probably gets maybe to three, to be honest. And that's a huge number, three, because it's such a common margin of victory. But I would make a major bet that if you said, okay, if it goes up to four and a half or higher, you lose RJ. If it stays four, it's a push. 
If it goes down, you win. I would make a major bet it goes down. And it only makes sense. It's not only the short week, not there no longer being the case for Pittsburgh, but also the close contact people could play now. So there was a situation where the close contact people maybe uh, or probably likely wouldn't have been able to play because of the count, the number of days it requires and all that. And now it's very viable they could play. So now you might say, oh, but that's what they want. They want more players to play. True. But the reality is, since there was subjectivity on could it go Thursday or not, because remember, San Francisco had a Thursday game not that long ago against Green Bay. Yeah. And that game could have been pushed. It wasn't. And, and San Fr- yeah, go ahead. Well, no, and that was all. That was a case to where we were talking about who's going to even play running back for Green Bay because it was on a short week. They were a road team. Now San Francisco was so banged up. Green Bay was able to figure it out, and they played played pretty well on the road. But that was even a concern. The Ravens are dealing with much more than what Green Bay was dealing with, and this one got pushed back. Okay, so you would say though objectively, Ravens. De- so you're not a Steeler fan. You're not a Raven fan. Does this feel unfair to? the Steelers or does this feel righteous to you it's unfair to the Steelers from the sense of twice now they have been screwed with on their buy and and buy weeks are valuable and it's you know this one and then also the mini buy and I think it is an advantage for Baltimore because it gives them more time I mean last night I don't even know if they've practiced this week so now maybe they'll be able to get a couple of practices in so it does feel like this is an advantage for Baltimore my thing on it is I, I don't know what the solution would be. Do they do they move it to week 18? Do they just play the game anyways and say, you know, uh, tough, you know what, Baltimore, you got to figure it out. I just don't know what options there were, and, and I don't know what Pittsburgh could could have hoped for. Do they just want to play a depleted Baltimore team? Well, I'm just yeah. not sure. Oh, yeah, I mean, I understand that. I mean, that would that would help them. I just – I don't know what other options there were. That That's, that's my big and, thing. And to me, I think anything – this is what they say about the strike zone this is what they say about holding as long as it's applied across the board fairly it's fine but because you're going to get some breaks you're going to get some bad breaks but it's going to even itself out it feels arbitrary to me and it feels like that if there was just one Thursday game they probably don't push it since there's three they do and Steelers feel like they're aggrieved and the only thing that can help Pittsburgh's edge here in this game is if that anger somehow fuels them, if there's somehow that makes them play harder. But I think they're going to play as hard. You know, you can't bring the amp past 10, right? The speaker yeah. past 10, as they say in Spinal Tab. So to me, I think there's one other thing that helps Baltimore here, which is Baltimore feels like they had a reprieve. There's a relief. It's like, oh, man, we got a chance. We maybe wouldn't have had a chance Thursday. And if they show up Sunday, like all feeling like this, they've been lucky to be here and have this chance. That's another edge for Baltimore. And, and and also we taught Baltimore played them really well. They ran the ball down their throats in that first meeting, and Pittsburgh got out of there with a win because you know Baltimore couldn't, couldn't get it. To, yeah, with with the turnovers and all that stuff, and so Pittsburgh gets out of there with a win. And here's the other thing: I would make the case 
this feels like a must-win situation for Baltimore, where Pittsburgh needs to win because when Kansas City keeps on winning, they I think Pittsburgh needs the first-round buy in the AFC more than anybody in the conference. I think the way this season and the way this schedule is gone, they need it more than anybody. So you got them really needing that bye week, and you've got Baltimore who really needs a win, which is what what's going to make that game even more fascinating to watch. So to close this topic, I think a lot of people are thinking – Oh, Pittsburgh's whining, and maybe they are. And a game Sunday, what's the difference? I believe it's a significant difference that Baltimore has a significantly better chance to win on Sunday. We'll see if the line agrees. There's one more in college, big COVID story. Yeah, and that's right. Nick Saban is going to miss this weekend's Iron Bowl matchup with Auburn because he did test positive for COVID-19. He's got mild symptoms, but he will not be on the sideline for the Crimson Tide this Saturday. And surprisingly, this line really didn't adjust. Alabama favored by 25 over Auburn, and it pretty much is what the line was before the announcement. Now, I thought, wow, did this somehow leak and the line dropped without, you know, beforehand? It's like, no, the line's just been going up. And I think it speaks to how right we were right here on Straight Out of Vegas when against Georgia, when there was a COVID scare for Saban, that line moved against Alabama significantly. And my rationale at the time was, well, let's think about what a great coach, what a Nick Saban does. On one hand, he recruits. Well, all that recruiting's done happened, right? He does player development. That's happened already. He does game planning. That's happened already. And then finally, there. and, and remember, on game day, he doesn't call plays. So it's not that, if anything, you could say in game, there's some adjustments he might contribute to, maybe give the halftime speech. In the scheme of things, that's a tiny part of a coach. If you could have a Nick Saban but not have him on game day just every week, you would have 80 85% of Nick Saban's value without him being there on game day. So I think the market figured out what we had even back in the Georgia game that, yeah, Nick Saban's older and you know his health is a separate issue, but when it comes on the field, this does not hurt Alabama in a real material way. As a fan, does that resonate with you, Jonas? Yeah, and that's what I was most interested in because we talked about it. That was the game that I remember us talking about. When the line moved as much as it did, we thought – well, it's, it's not like he can't talk to him at halftime. It's not like they can't have conversations or he can't be talking to a coach, I would think, throughout the course of the game. So how much of an impact is this really? And so to see it happen for real this time, because that ended up being a false positive, to see it happen for real this time and see no movement in arguably the biggest rivalry game in college football ought to tell you something. No doubt. So let's take our first break, but we're just starting here. We're going to have Colin Cowherd's pick number six. Yes, early this week. We're going to talk next, though, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. There's some news around that, but I'm going to give one of my best bets on that game. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, some interesting comments from one head coach about his starting quarterback. Yeah, and I tell you, this is a, a pick Palooza early edition. I've got at least two best bets coming up. One just in a few minutes. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We promise to work extra hard to continue this great football season, hopefully the best yet. 
And over the course of the days we're off, you can search podcast style RJ Bell or straight out of Vegas and listen to the Monday, Tuesday, or even Wednesday show. Some people like to listen a second time or third time. Now, those are fanatics, the third time, Jonas, but they're (laughs) there. Now, right here in the Strip in Las Vegas, 61 degrees, the neon is percolating. So, RJ, after another disappointing performance by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in primetime Monday night, a loss to the L.A. Rams, head coach Bruce Arians talked about Tom Brady, and when the topic of his confidence got brought up, Bruce Arians pushed back a little bit and said, quote, I don't think it's a confidence problem whatsoever. It's not a lack of trust. It's a lack of continuity within the offense of the whole picture, end quote. So did uh, Bruce Arians happen to talk about his limit to any of his failings? No, I don't. I don't believe those came up. You know, I OBA. I don't think I've ever heard those before. <laughs> have you? I have not. How many? Where does he keep all his Super Bowl rings? I, I don't know. I mean, how many does he have with the Steelers? You got like two as an assistant? No, or? I don't think he has any with Pittsburgh. Actually, he wasn't <laughs> there in two thousand eight. That's the last time he won. So he might have been there when they lost. I'm not even sure. I think he was a receivers coach. All right, here's what we know about Bruce Arians. He, unlike almost any coach that succeeds, and let's be honest, he's risen to be a head coach in the NFL. That means he's risen to the top of his industry. Now, is he amongst the best of that crowd? I don't think so. Uh, We could count Super Bowls and say no, but here's something else that tells you. Bruce Arians looks better from the outside. It's easy to look at him from the outside and say, huh, That looks good. He seems amenable. The players seem to like him. Oh, he drinks beer. How cute. Okay, maybe. But usually if you go to Wikipedia and look at a coach's pedigree, if you look at like where was he and where did he go and where did he go from there, there's often, if not always, a lot of promotion from the inside. And I just mentioned, oh, he was a receivers coach and became a coordinator with Pittsburgh. That's literally, you could make the case, the only time he was promoted from the inside. And Pittsburgh ultimately fired Bruce Arians. They said, your services are no longer needed. I don't know the tactical term. I don't know if he got unemployment insurance. He was pushed out. Now, if you could say the Steelers, who are known for longevity, continuity, for keeping coaches, player, you know, it's a loyal organization. If they're firing an OC to sign of something, right? They weren't happy by definition. He won Jonas, as you know, coach of the year when he took over with the Colts. And then what happened? Then he went to Arizona. He left yeah. to a lesser job, right? Because when you have, you know, uh, Andrew Luck, let's be honest, you're not rushing off to be with Carson Palmer in Arizona, right? Well, and he actually was uh, one of the finalists for the Bears job as well, too. But the Bears chose Mark Tressman over him. Ooh. And that's why he ended up uh, in Arizona with the Cardinals. So I'm not saying that just alone that you could say it's a coincidental that he wasn't ever, you know, hardly ever um, hired or, or promoted from the inside. Maybe. But now I think we're starting to see it. We can debate all the different reasons Tampa Bay has been losing these big games. We can say, oh, it's the fact that Tom Brady likes to go to sleep at 845 and he's he's tired. And maybe, but, you know, I was on Boston Fox today, uh, the sports hub, 
And I brought up that topic. He goes, well, Brady played a lot of night games last year and yeah. the year before. <laughs> and it's like, you know, my thought is, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe he's getting even more regimented with the sleep time. <laughs> But I'll tell you this, the fact that, and correct me if I'm wrong, the fact that Tampa Bay adjusted the practice schedule to try to acclimate Brady to the nighttime, that's a sign they believe there's some truth in this, right? Yeah, there's got to be. I mean, because you'll hear about that you know, if, a, if a fighter goes overseas and he's got a, you know, they're fighting in Australia and it's, you know, in actuality, it's Saturday morning, but it's, you know, uh, they've got a or Saturday night here, but it's a Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening there, whatever the time difference is, they'll have to adjust for that. But my biggest pushback on that is it's not like he came from the West Coast. I mean, one of yep. the sticking points for him was he the reason he chose Tampa Bay was that he wanted to stay on the East Coast. So it's not like he's leaving a different time zone. And they played a ton of primetime games in, in, in New England. So I, I don't I don't know how that would all of a sudden impact him now. It seems a little strange. I agree. And I don't know about all that. But what I know is Bruce Arians does not have a history of winning in the NFL as a head coach. And he seems to be in this weird position where he both both is the coach and the commentator on the team. And anyone that says, oh, Brady's fine with this, I can't imagine having Bill Belichick in all that time not comment on your play at all and then have more commenting on your play than than all that time combined in half a season. And let's be candid. This might have been doomed from the start, at least at the highest level, meaning to win a Super Bowl. Because I do agree with Bruce Arians that the continuity, that getting used to your team and the team getting used to you is, is key. It usually takes at least half a season. But my thought is this. Tom Brady gets older every day. We all do. But he is the guy who is the best old quarterback ever. At 43, he's the only guy to ever really do it well. And he's done it well this year. But as seasons progress with an older quarterback, and we talked about this quickly yesterday, it, they get beat up. They get a little bit worse for wear. And I don't know if by the time that this team has some continuity or more continuity, if Tampa is going to be better if Brady, because of the long season, is worse. right? If Brady drops off at the same pace that the rest of the team gains continuity with him, Maybe it equals out, but I don't see it getting much better. And then next year, when supposedly there's real continuity, he's a year older. And he's at an age no one's ever played well. He's a year past it. So maybe in the long term, this has been doomed. But I like him this week. Best bet number one. (laughs) It's not a night game. And I know this. Whatever Brady feels, his anger at being embarrassed, his anger at being beat, and beat badly at times is something, or not even badly, but as a home favorite and just supposed to win and the Rams coming in and that interception late. I, I think we're, we've known that this Bucks team bounces back. And since Brady's bounced back historically, that's a hell of a combination. And, and Kansas City's going to be, I think, flat. And you might say, RJ, how is Kansas City going to be flat? This is a big game. This is Tom Brady. Okay. Kansas City has been the team. And let me ask you, Jonas, I believe they're the team more than any other this season has flipped the switch. That when they played hard, they played hard. And other times they played less than fully 
hard. Do you agree with that? 100%. And I think you can actually just go back to the postseason last year. They trailed in every single game, and they trailed by a lot early on in every single game. And do you think some of that it was a, a lackadaisical nature? It feels – they feel pretty relaxed at times. They feel like – Which helps them late. Yeah, it no, for 100%. It just like, – to, to think that team got down in every single postseason game, and they were down by a significant amount uh, in a couple of those games. They were, you know, losing that game. You guys talked about the win probability in the Super Bowl. Six minutes left, it looked like San Francisco had that game. Yep. And if not for a big third-down conversion to Tyreek Hill, I mean, I think we're talking about the Niners as Super Bowl champs. No doubt about it. And what we know is that they haven't really seemed to care that much about the number one seed. And not that they're not trying. It's just do they have that fever pitch. And last week was the revenge game against the Raiders. Last week was to pretty much clinch the West. And I don't see them playing at a fever pitch. So I think we get a motivational advantage with Tampa. And we're getting three and a half. That's a sweet number for a home team. Sweet. And finally, it's not a night game. So Brady should be nice and rested. <laughs> Best bet number one, Pittsburgh, or check that. Best bet number one, Tampa Bay, and that's plus three and a half over Kansas City. All right, so we have Colin Cowherd's pick number six. So first, let's see what's trending, then Colin when we come back. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. It strikes me that athletes seem to die younger than you would think like there's a lot of 55 year old 60 year olds that seem to keel over without any like notice and maybe it's just because they're famous we hear about them does doesn't it seem like you know i know with the wrestlers it's like well they you know a lot of them were juicing and does it seem like there's a disproportionate number that keel over at a young age yeah, I mean, I, I guess it might just be because we recognize the names yeah. and they jump out to us. Marcus Paul for uh, the Cowboys strength coach. I didn't, I didn't know of any issues whatsoever. That's why it caught so many people off guard, and the Cowboys were very hush hush about it. In fact, his death got early reported, and and it turned out that he hadn't passed yet. And then, unfortunately, as Steve uh, alluded to, he passed there. Diego Maradona. That guy partied. Um, yeah, yeah. He so that was a, a whole nother lifestyle. And and I know you're you're a big uh, documentaries and movies and mm-hmm, things like mm-hmm. that. The HBO documentary on Diego Maradona is one of the best sports documentaries I've ever really? seen. Really, I haven't it's seen that. Un unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, this is in no way speaking to the steel or the uh, Steelers on my brain, the Cowboys strength coach. But let's say this: of men of a certain age that came up. In the early 90s, let's say, where they were, um, or even 80s, the uh, strength guys, a lot of juice and steroids. And again, not saying him specifically, but you do, because it was just the culture back then. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so to me, I always am a little, it's, it's like when a wrestler goes down, it's like, it's like, it doesn't, it feels like there's something more to it. Right. And yeah. I wish at minimum, I think it's important that that's candidly considered and not like, you know, not saying we're doing that here because we're just kind of commenting and moving on and, you know, it's not our job, but I do think it's important to look at it because if there is going to be a cautionary tale, let's have it. Like, let's make sure we know the consequence so that, or the kids know, right? So if it's hidden, 
You know, if everyone that dies from smoking cigarettes, we don't say, you know, again, that's something we're comfortable saying, lung cancer. But anything that's going to kill you early, at least let people know it's going to kill you and they can decide if they want to do it or not. Now, Colin Cowherd will not hurt you in any way. We got his pick number six. This is the world premiere. He he has his blazing five. This is next. Let's listen. Let's go. No. No. That's great football now. It's Collins. Bonus pick only for R.J. Bell. Pick number six. Now our bonus pick, Carolina plus four and a half against Minnesota, and here's why. I think if you have a good coach, young players get better. And the Panthers' defense, that's where they loaded up in the draft, and they're getting better. So they had a season-low 185 total yards allowed against the Lions, plus uh, one-plus turnover in 10 straight games. The Panthers' defense has held opponents under 50 rushing yards in two of the last three games. So it's a young, emerging, well-coached unit defensively shutting out Matt Stafford. That doesn't happen. And Detroit's not good, but that doesn't happen. The other good thing is Teddy Bridgewater is going to start, and Teddy's got a 100-plus passer rating in four of his last five road games. He's a veteran. The road doesn't mean anything, and Minnesota's got no fans there anyway. So I would have taken Carolina plus four and a half as my bonus. Um, the only thing I worried about, Carolina – played so well and Minnesota so poorly defensively against Dallas that the Vikings would rebound. But I would have taken Carolina. What do the wise guys think? Disagreement. I'm going to go with Minnesota. Now, I think there's a lot of wise guys that would like Panthers here. I am such a Zimmer fan, and I believe this season has been his best coaching job. If you go back to his first game as coach, he has the best against the spread record in the NFL, better than Belichick, better than anybody. This year has been a great year. And if you notice, I think the Panthers and Matt Rule are an up-and-coming team. I think they've exceeded all expectations. This is what a good coach does. He comes in and changes the culture. That's what Rule does. But you know something? Coaches like that, young, ingenuitive, they do well against bad coaches. Well, last week against the Lions, you had Matt, <laughs> you had Patricia in a spot where he was overwhelmed by what Carolina was doing. That's not going to be the case with Zimmer. And the one last point, if you just look at the stats, last five weeks, and that includes obviously that bad week against the Cowboys last week, Minnesota has the second best offense efficiency-wise and the ninth best defense. This is one of the top teams in the league the last five weeks. Last week was a fluke, perhaps, but they still have Minnesota a 30% chance to make the playoffs based on the odds. So I think the team still plays hard. So I like the Vikings. Well, thank you, Colin Cowherd. Every week we get pick number six and we appreciate it. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we're going to cover both Thursday NFL games. And in one of them, I'm going to give you another best bet. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, it is a Thanksgiving Day tradition. We have got NFL football, but this year we have zero winning teams playing on Thanksgiving with the movement of Baltimore-Pittsburgh to Sunday. So we get things started in Detroit. It is the Texans at the Lions, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. And right now, Houston, a three-point favorite on pregame.com. And that's 
ticked up. It was two and a half money on Houston. Houston's a team that the wise guys have liked all year. They had that gauntlet at the beginning of the year, Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. At one point, probably the three highest ranked teams in the NFL. They haven't recovered since. But here is not a hot take. It's just ignorance for those that don't understand it. Deshaun Watson is having a career year. And he's having a year that puts him up there that you could make the case that after Mahomes and Russell Wilson, that Deshaun Watson's number three right now. He's had over the last five plus games, 13 touchdowns passing, zero interceptions. And an additional running touchdown. He hasn't had a lost fumble the whole year. So 14 touchdowns, zero turnovers. That's how you win football games. But there's another side to this, which is on Thursday, short week. And that's usually with a night game. This is a day game, early, 1230 Eastern kick. It's a situation where if you travel a bunch, it's even tougher. We did the study, pregame.com, 850 miles or more. And this is over 1,000 traveling for Houston. That Thursday early game, you cover less than 40% of the time. And if you're one who travels less than 850, it's about 50-50. So it really is about the travel distance. And thus, you don't necessarily want to play the Texans. I typically don't want to play the Lions, but here's the best bet for you. Lions first quarter. Now you can bet first quarter easy. And here's the rationale. It's a 12:30 start on a short week. It literally, a team that's on the road might play it once in their career. I don't think anyone on Houston has ever played a Thursday game early. And thus, it would only make sense for them to be a little bit slow starting. And we're able to get the lines plus a half a point. Now, you might say half a point. What's that mean? First quarter can easily end in a tie. 0-0 we win. 3-3, 7-7, etc. All we got to do is Lions not lose the first quarter. And if Matt Patricia has any chance, any chance to keep his job, they got to win here. So I think they come out hard. We got the disadvantage of the big travel with Houston. And we got the early start time. Best bet special, third Thanksgiving. Lions, first quarter, plus a half a point. What do you think, Jonas? Uh, I like it. I also think we could see a little bit of a letdown from Houston just from the fact that they played the Patriots last week. You know, they always want to get up for that game because they're still the Patriots no matter what, and they've been running roughshod over the, the conference for a long, long time. So to see them come out a little flat seems like it makes some sense to me as well. Question in the Cowboy game, and not to be morbid, but we are a sports show. How do you think the Cowboys react and are affected by the strength coaches passing? I don't know. See, they canceled practice yesterday when this when it first happened because it happened early on and they just immediately canceled practice and, and were quick to say non-COVID related. And so that's how people knew there was some seriousness to the to the situation. I, I'm not sure. Um, I, look, it's it's a big game from the sense that NFC East they're, they're is still it. up. For, they're yeah, in it. 100%. Yep. They're in it, and they've been playing better, and their defense has looked better. I would I would venture to guess it's a rallying cry for them, that they're going to come out and they're going to be uh, inspired and motivated to play. But mm. it's, it's such a strange year for the Cowboys. A lot of people expected so much more. I'm just not sure how they're going to respond. I think it's a negative because I don't consider this team to be a very disciplined team. 
And it feels like this is, you know, it's human to say, oh my gosh, he was just here. And, you know, you can, it can end any moment. And it's a very valid point. And I don't question that reaction. It's just, I think a Belichick is not going to let his team react that way, or he's going to at least discourage it. And here I feel like the Cowboys are the type of team that if there's a distraction to be had, they're probably going to be distracted by it. So I'm a little concerned if you like the Cowboys. I think this does affect them negatively. Real quick, Jonas, the uh, college playoff rankings came out. Did you have any impressions? It was Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. The only thing that I thought was a little uh, fluky, I guess, or something that, that was a little bit surprising to me was seeing Ohio State at four. It was almost like Ohio State was punished for having a close game against Indiana, who was a top 10 team at the time. And Clemson was rewarded for going to overtime with Notre Dame, but still losing with their backup quarterback. Yeah, Mel, was it maybe the fact that Ohio State hasn't played a lot of games? They're kind of saying, hey, that matters. I, I, I guess you could look at it that way. I just if that's how they're going to take this approach, then I'm assuming that that means that any team that has a shortened season has a major disadvantage yeah. in getting in. Listen, to me, the BYU is atrocious. I mean, listen, if they hadn't played Boise, you could say they didn't play anyone. But to some degree, to make it so SEC-centric, and I mean, it's like, well, A&M and Florida, and there's multiple two-loss teams ahead. Uh, we'll get into it next week, but enough with the SEC. That's my thoughts. Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. If you missed any of today's show, including a couple of best bets, go to the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're back Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on F- FSR. Right out of Vegas! Vegas!